0: Hello and welcome to Mommying, Surviving, and Thriving, a podcast for women that believe in living their best life while working and raising a family at the same time. We discuss how to live a happy, healthy, wealthy, and thriving life while balancing the demands of being a woman, mom, and all-around superwoman. We're here to inspire you with a new perspective and to also create a community of supportive women in the process. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Mommying, Surviving, and Thriving, a podcast for women that believe in living their best life while working and raising a family at the same time. We discuss how to live a happy, healthy, wealthy, and thriving life while balancing the demands of being a woman, mom, and all-around superwoman. We're here to inspire you with a new perspective and to also create a community of supportive women in the process. So welcome ladies. Today we are discussing family planning meals. So I know it's a big thing for me Uh, (laughs) and I know a lot of you ladies out there are juggling so many things. I know I do all the time. So some weeks I'm good at meal planning other weeks not so much <laughs> the plan is always there now whether i'm ever ever able to kind of execute is is the issue so but today i'm happy to have with me marie Feebach of feed your family tonight and she is going to help us with this struggle so welcome marie
1: oh my thanks so much for having me it's so fun to be here yes Weeknight family dinners are a challenge for all of us, and I am a wealth of tips to help you make it just a little bit easier. Get a little calm in the crazy, right? Because there's plenty of crazy.
0: Yeah, so before we started recording, Maria and I were just going on and on and on uh, about football. I'm a football coach's wife. Her son played football and wants to be a coach, and so there's we know the football life, right? Yeah. Craziness, especially during this Fall season, it's a lot. So for me, I'm trying to juggle being a wife of a football coach, um, the three kids, and then my own business. And so sometimes that struggle is real. So um, before we kind of get into that, I want people to know a little bit about you and what you do and how you got into um, meal planning. So tell us a little bit about you, Marie.
1: Sure. I am a married mother of four teens, and I live in Wichita, Kansas. So I'm kind of right smack dab in the middle of the country. I started Feature Family Tonight in 2017 because I had a contract job that I knew was ending and I knew I had a business in me, but I didn't know what it was. So I took an entrepreneurship class, and the mentor of that class said, Go with what people are asking you for and what you know. Now, my two youngest teens are twin girls, and at the time, they were playing competitive soccer, and that meant that they had practices several times a week and games, and it was all happening at the dinner hour. And I'm sitting along the sidelines talking to all these moms, and the conversation was the same. We're going to hit the drive through We're going to go home. We're going to eat dinner, get the homework done, get the kids in the bath, and get them to bed. And I was doing all of that except for hitting the drive through mm-hmm. And they started to ask me, how are you not hitting the drive through And it was just something I kind of did naturally. And so I slowly reversed engineered what I was doing in my head so that I could teach it to other busy families so that they could figure out how to get dinner on the table. And that has expanded not only in teaching them how to get dinner on the table, but my real mission at Feed Your Family Tonight is to build stronger families one dinner at a time, because I believe that the family dinner table is a place of connection, is a place of stability and predictability for your children, no matter if they're little, or if they're teens like me, there is a rhythm and a stability and a predictability that comes from the family dinner table. But you have to, you have to get dinner on the table first. And so you need those practical tips. And that's what I have.
0: I, I love that. It actually makes me think of my grandmother who would always say um, she changed the course of America with a bowl of gumbo. She was a chef. So it's, it's about bringing people to the table, right? Different cultures, different yes. backgrounds, what have you. If you bring them to the table, you make a difference. And so I love that. Um, you changing a meal, one, one meal at a time. I love that. So for me, as we're, we're talking about, How did you get into that rhythm? So having kids with doing competitive soccer and you doing your thing, what, how do you start your week off? Or when is there a good time to kind of start the meal planning?
1: I believe families can get dinners planned in 10 minutes at the beginning of the week. And some families beginning of the week is Saturday because Mm -hmm. that's when you're done with your work week on Friday and you are doing all of your meal planning, shopping everything on Saturday and Sunday. And some families it's Monday for me personally, because I work from home and was a stay at home mom for a good chunk of my life. Monday mornings were my time to plan my meals, but 10 minutes at the beginning of the week can change the whole week. When Mm. you know what you are going to eat, when you're going to eat it, then you can grocery shop more efficiently and you can take the, um, stumbles and tumbles that come. Everybody's got days where the wheels fall off and I, I end, but if you have planned at the beginning of the week, your life is going to be so much easier. But the key with this Mila, is you have to start with your schedule, not the recipes because weeknight dinner success is about time and not recipes. Mm-hmm. So my weekly meal planning sheet that I have, and if your viewers want it, it's free at feedyourfamilytonight.com plan. They can get it there. It has a place where you list your schedule first. And this could be what's happening in the afternoon after school, kind of during that dinner hour, or it can be what's happening at work during the day. I mean, if you've got a work day and you've got meetings back to back to back, and you know your brain is gonna to be toast by the time you get home to feed your family dinner, you wanna plan a meal that's simple that night. Or if you have real little ones and it's the day that they're going in for their wellness check and you know, they're going to be cranky, clingy kids all day. You know, you've Mm -hmm. got, you know, when those little ones, after they go to their first doctor appointment, they're just, they're clingy and you know, you're not going to have energy. Or if you're like me and you've got teens, you're like, okay, we've got play practice. We've got football practice. We've got um, choir practice. And so whatever affects that weeknight, that dinner time, you want to start with that. And then you do what I call set a dinner bell. And that is the target time when you are going to eat. Hmm. Now in my house, sometimes that shifts because there are days where no one's home at the exact same time. So we're kind of eating in shifts. Once you have your schedule and your dinner bell, then you plan your meals that work with the time that you have. Because you know, if it's a day that you're running from piano to soccer to a PTO meeting at seven and you have to eat dinner at 6.15, the second you walk in the door from soccer, Or it's a day where your kids are getting carted to their activities by carpool, and you actually have 30 minutes to stand at the stove and actually fix dinner. You plan your meals according to the time that you have. And then my meal planning sheet has this last piece, and this is kind of part of the magic of Feed Your Family Tonight, and it's prep. Mm. Prep is what you need to do today to be successful later in the week. And if you can get into a habit of doing prep in your little pockets of time during the day, maybe it's after you fix breakfast. Maybe it's when you're cleaning up the dinner dishes. Maybe you work from home and you've got a 20 minute break in the afternoon and prep can be Taking meat out of the freezer so it can thaw for the next day. It could be chopping some vegetable vegetables. It could be as simple as filling a pot with water for pasta and putting it on the stove so that when you go to fix dinner, all you have to do is turn it on rather than stop and take the time to fill it up. All of these little prep pieces, if you do them on the day you need to do them, rather than the day of the meal, you are going to be setting yourself up for success, and this creates a momentum and helps you stick with the plan that you made at the beginning of the week. because I know you said sometimes it's so hard. You have the ideas in your head but then you mm-hmm. don't follow through with them. If it's on your meal planning sheet and you have done the prep, you're much more likely to actually make the meal the next day.
0: Now that I'm, I'm glad you said that because <laughs> I didn't think about that. It seems like duh, When you said, make it according to your schedule, figure out your schedule first. I am the person like, okay, we're going to eat this ribbons on Monday. We're going to have taco Tuesday and, and not really thinking about my schedule. I'm just saying, this is what we're going to do. (laughs) And this is the day we're going to have leftovers and, and what have you. But that does make sense because that's probably the days where I'm like pulling my hair out because I say, oh, we're going to have ribbons on this day, but I have all these things I have to do. And we all know ribbons um, take forever. Right. Um, so I didn't think about that. So that that's, and then I love the, the bell time, right. Because it it can be different. I think us as mothers, sometimes we get frantic. We, you know, we try to plan for things to say, okay, well, we're going to eat at, Six o'clock. Well, six o'clock on Monday may work, but six o'clock on Tuesday may not. And it's okay. So you just adjust as things happen, right? So I think those were two great ones that I took away just myself.
1: Well, and that's just it is I wish this I had lived in a 1950s household where my husband walked in the door at five, five o'clock every night and dinner was at five thirty. And and we had dinner and then we had family time and then everybody went to bed. But in our modern society with our kids activities and crazy work schedules and PTO meetings. I mean, it all adds up. And eating dinner at the same time certainly doesn't happen in my home. But when I've got that dinner bell, I'm ready for that and so I can adjust what's happening with those after school snacks. If we're going to eat an early dinner, I'm going to make sure that my kids have a lighter after school snack. If we're eating a later dinner and they're going off to an athletic practice, they might be eating a mini meal as an after school mm-hmm. snack because they need to be tied over until we're eating at 7:30 at night. And I hate to say that that happens, but it does. You mm-hmm. know, that's my reality. And feed your family tonight is about making it work in your home because one size fits all solutions only work for a little bit of time and then they start to crumble. And it's about getting a rhythm that works for you because every family's
0: different. Mm -hmm. You just said something and I'm like, okay, I need tips on that because my kids, when I do pick them up, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm Uh like, why are you hungry? And so I'm trying to figure out like what kind of snack, because then if there's no snack, what do they want to do? They want to go through a drive-through. So do you have any tips for afternoon snacks?
1: I do. I do. One of my big things for snacks is again, you're thinking about when you're going to be eating dinner. And Mm -hmm. if you're, and what your kids' activities are that afternoon. So if they're going off to a sports practice and you need to fuel them so they have energy to do it, then you wanna have something that has a little bit of protein, a little bit of fat, maybe a little bit of veggie. And my kids might be eating apples with peanut butter or they might be eating lunch meat. Uh, uh, They might even be eating like a sandwich, like a full lunch meat sandwich. And then there's other days where you're going to have an early dinner, there's not a lot of activity. So that's when you pull out, you know, the cut up fruit, the cut up veggies, I um, did a whole series on after school snacks earlier this year on my cooking segments. And I had everything from little um, graham cracker fruit pizzas, where you take a graham cracker and spread some cream cheese on it and cut some fruit on it you've got again you've got a little bit of fat with that cream cheese a little bit of protein you've got the fruit and it's kind of fun and festive I you know I I did for the little kids I did a little hot dog that you cut to shape like a little hot dog man if you've got a kid that needs to have you know some stick to your bones kind of protein before they go off to a practice but you know what my Best tips for after school snacks. My friend does this and I think she's brilliant. Every week when she goes to Sam's or Costco, whatever big box store, she gets one of those pre made veggie trays that have the dip and everything all in it. And she just takes that out and sets it on the table. Mm. And that's after school snack. And there's no cutting, there's no cleaning, there's no, it's all right there. And it's not that expensive. And it's just, just then they get some veggies. And I'm like, brilliant. But I, I, I love that idea that my friend did.
0: I like that. But I also like the graham crackers with the cream cheese because my kids, they love graham crackers. They love cream cheese. They will eat cream cheese by itself. I'm not a cream cheese person. (laughs) So maybe bringing those two together, I think may be a winner. So I'm actually going to use that um, next week when they go back to school.
1: Oh, it's so good. I my kids like it with the strawberry cream cheese because it's mm. that you know, it's a little bit sweet. but the regular cream cheese is what I prefer because it's got you get that tangy and then you just you know whatever fruit you've got, blueberries, strawberries, mandarin oranges, I mean, you know, apple slices, any kind of little fruit that you haven't. it's it's a fun little treat and it looks festive. and again, I'm not gonna say it's perfectly healthy, but it's it's got some decent elements in it and it feels right. like a treat which works for me.
0: No, I I know we we try with it. And I know you have teenagers and that's definitely hard. I have little ones. I think at any stage it's hard for the kids to kind of try to eat healthy. Um, Do you have any tips on that as like healthy versions of something? I I always say, you know, want them to eat broccoli. Well, they also like cheese, putting cheese on the broccoli. Um, I know for some people that might not be good, but I need them to eat more uh, greens, right? So (laughs) Well,
1: yeah, I mean, here's the thing is, you've got to find out the veggies that your children like. And for my children, they are not fans of cooked veggies. They prefer their vegetables raw. So if I, I start every meal in our house off with a raw salad, because my family likes salad and they don't like cooked green beans and they don't like cooked carrots and they're not big fans of cooked broccoli. So I'll have so I'll have a raw salad. But find what your kids like. If you are trying to introduce new vegetables, try them raw first. I have found especially with younger children that they are much more susceptible to new vegetables if they are exposed to them raw. And just a couple of weeks ago I was talking with a dietitian and she said, you know, it takes 30 exposures before your kid's going to like something. So keep trying, try serving it to them different ways. In our house, my rule was we put a little on your plate and you had to look at it, but you didn't have to eat it. And so even just looking at it on their plate, and I had a kid with really severe sensory issues. I mean, Severe feeding problems. Mm -hmm. And they literally would starve themselves before they would eat a non preferred food. So I'm not a big fan of like, you can't leave the table till you eat it. Mm -hmm. I'm also, Mm -hmm. this is a little controversial, and some people will agree with me and some people won't, but I am not a fan of sneaking vegetables into food. Mm -hmm. Now I will put a vegetable into a food and not tell my children, but if they ask me what's in there, I will tell them. And let me tell you why. They had a relative who wanted to sneak vegetables in and they got caught Mm. and they lied about it. And my children years later still do not fully trust that relative Wow. and they don't trust that relative's food. And so Mm. if you are sneaking vegetables in and your kid asks you, are there shredded carrots or are there shredded broccoli Mm. in there? Please be honest with them because it is a trust issue and you need Mm. to be honest with them. You don't want to break that trust.
0: That's, that's a great point, but no, I, I'm not one of those parents either because my mom was not. So if I didn't really like something, then I just did not like it. Um, so eventually as I grew older, I learned to eat it on my own um, and decided to try it. But I, I, I don't do that to my kids where <laughs> you have to sit at the table and finish everything on his plate. I don't do that because I, I think it comes to a time. Cause I remember I did have a bad, bad experience <laughs> very young and I am what 41 now. So and I remember to this day in pre-K at school, I did not like cabbage. They forced me to eat cabbage and we all know what happened after that. It all came up, right? So yeah, oh yeah. Still to this day I remember that. So I do not force my kids to eat something. You know, we tried in different Um, Like you said, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she likes just carrots, raw carrots, right? She'll eat that or raw broccoli. She'll just eat broccoli. And I I don't understand that, but you know, that's her thing. So (laughs) as long as she's eating it, it's fine. But I, I do understand that part.
1: Well, and that you just said something is that your daughter eats them raw. And that goes back to where I really do believe in trying vegetables on your children raw first. Um, There's something about it that they seem to be a little more susceptible a lot of the time. It's not a hard and fast rule, but my experience has been that raw is a good way to introduce new vegetables to children.
0: Perfect. Now let's talk about, I know you said your day is different. Um, Everyone's start of the week is different. So let's talk about that though, where it's meal planning day. How, how do you start that process?
1: I open up my calendar Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and these days, my husband and I on Sunday nights, we have like five different family calendars. We've got paper calendars. We've got phone calendars, we've got computer calendars. And on Sunday nights, my husband and I get together and we put all the calendars together and we plan our um, our week, you know, who's running kids where, what's happening. Then on Monday, when I sit down, I open up my phone to this synced calendar and I open up my meal planning sheet and I start writing what's happening in my schedule that's going to affect the dinner hour. So that's that plan and prep piece where you're, where you're starting with your schedule. And then I set our dinner bells and I figure out when we are going to eat throughout the week. And then I plan my meals according to the time that I have, but I take it one step further. I am um, meal planning system and it's a recipe index that has you look at how much prep time something takes and how much cook time. I call prep time anything that um, isn't including heat and cook is when you're adding heat. So cook time is when you're adding heat to whatever you're doing. And prep is everything else. And I teach families to separate the prep time from the cook time, because you can do a lot of that prep in little tidbits throughout your day, or when the kids are in bed, when you're cleaning up the dinner dishes or in the morning. And so in order to be successful during that cook time, if you have done your prep, it will be so much faster and easier to cook. And we know that witching hour, don't we, Myla, mm-hmm. where, you know, it's, five o'clock at night, six o'clock at night, every cranky, they're hungry and you don't want to start a recipe at six o'clock at night. But if you have all of the elements kind of ready to go and all you have to do is put it in the oven or put it in the, on the stove and you can actually, or throw it in the instant pot and actually do the cooking, then you're going to be so much happier about getting dinner on the table for your family. So when I sit down to do my meals, I look at my schedule I set the dinner bell. I plan a meal that works on a given day, depending upon my energy and the amount of time that I have. I write the prep that I need to do earlier in the day or even earlier in the week. You know, if I'm having roast beef on Sunday, on Friday, I'm writing thaw the roast. On Saturday, I'm salting the roast. And then Sunday, I put the roast in the oven. So this prep can be multifaceted, but any of those steps, thawing it and salting it, take like a minute and a half it's not taking a lot of time but it's setting me up for success on Sunday because you can't cook a frozen roast on Sunday unless right. you thawed it on Friday right <laughs> so so I so I so in that 10 minutes I've looked at my schedule I've set my dinner belt I've planned my meals and then I have planned my prep and that's how I get dinner on the table faster on busy nights
0: awesome well one of the things I know I have a problem with um And I'm trying to incorporate to make it easier, one, obviously the meal planning, but also using, say I eat or I fix some type of chicken on Monday, how can I use the leftovers later on in the week? Any suggestions on that? Any tips? Oh,
1: I love it. You're speaking my language. Cook once, (laughs) eat twice, my friend. I, I do that all the time and you can only do that when you're planning for the whole week and you think so during the summer it's kind of fall now but in the summer we uh, almost every monday or tuesday i was doing an entire grill full of chicken breasts. Mm. And we would have the grilled chicken breasts with some type of a vegetable and maybe a starch for dinner one night. And then those chicken breasts would get put in um, chicken Caesar salad, or they would get put in um, quesadillas, or I could throw Mm. them with some pasta and I could reuse those grilled chicken breasts three or four different ways later in the week. I even got to where I would grill extra chicken breasts and I would freeze them so that my kids could pull them out for snacks or lunches. Mm. Again, because my kids are teens, so they kind of feed themselves. And so having some easy go-to proteins that they can throw on a salad for a lunch or put in a quesadilla for lunch helped so, so much. But when, you, when you're when you like roasting chickens, I love roast chickens. It is one of my, um, it's kind of one of my, biggest tricks in my toolbox. Because when I roast chickens, I roast three at a time. Of Mm -hmm. course, I'm feeding teenagers. So including a teenage boy, right? So we'll eat almost an entire chicken the first night, but then Mm -hmm. the next two chickens, I will just pull all the meat off the chickens and put them into meal size baggies for my family. And in my family, that's like a court bag, your mm-hmm. family, it might be a little snack bag. If you just need a little bit of chicken to throw in a quesadilla, it kind of depends upon the eaters in your family. And then I take all of the bones and I put them in my slow cooker and I let them cook for 24 hours until I'm cleaning up dinner the next night. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, and when I make my roast chickens, I prep them the night before so that the salt has a chance to penetrate and the skin has a chance to dry out. And you end up with this like crispy skin, juicy Mm -hmm. roast chicken, but I'm doing three at a time. It takes me like two minutes more to do three chickens than it does to do one. And then, and it takes a little bit longer in the oven, but it's all hands off. And then I have all this chicken meat that I can put in chicken noodle soup. I can put in a chicken and rice casserole. I can throw it in a quesadilla. I can put it on a salad. I can mix it with taco mix and have chicken tacos. And I have that in my freezer for quick and easy meals later. So that's what I like to do with chicken. Do you, do you cook a lot extra, you know, when you cook chicken, do you cook extra so you have it later in the week?
0: I tend to just because, you know, I, my husband says, you don't know how to cook for two people, at the time when we only had kids and so (laughs) I I I don't when I cook like especially like red beans it's a big pot of red beans so I don't how do you cook a smaller pot of red beans I don't know but with the chicken is saying just because actually I did chicken last night and so I was thinking what can I use the chicken because we have a lot left over um what can i but as you just as you were talking i was like okay today is tuesday taco tuesday we will use instead of the ground meat we'll use chicken um and i'm also trying to figure out how am i going to kind of stretch things until thursday when it's thanksgiving right <laughs> So right uh, because
1: cooking the week of thanksgiving no one wants to fix dinner it's like thanksgiving's all you think about and you just kind of have to, i uh yeah i cooking the week of thanksgiving is it's its own kind of beast.
0: It's, it is. And look, I'm I, as I said earlier, that I kind of I've not cooking Thanksgiving meal, but I got I bought one from a family, uh from a restaurant. It. So I'm gonna also try to figure out how that lasts throughout the weekend as well. <laughs> because you have turkey, you have you have everything. So I don't have to cook for a week, is my thought, is since I did the chicken and then I have the the Thanksgiving meals. So we should be good for for a week hopefully
1: <laughs> i love it i um one of my favorite things to do with leftover chicken and leftover turkey is pot pie and i make kind of mm-hmm. a cheater pot pie i mean this is this is super easy i take puff pastry and i cut it into little squares so it comes from the freezer box I mean, this is nothing fancy. I put it in the oven and let it cook. And then I just make, I take the leftover gravy and add a bag of frozen veggies and the leftover turkey. Or if I've got chicken, I I can make like, I've got a recipe to make like a little kind of a gravy for lack of a better word. And then add a bag of frozen veggies and um, the leftover chicken meat. And then I just serve it in a bowl with a piece of the puff pastry that's already cooked. Like you don't have to bake the casserole. You don't have to anything. That is my favorite turkey leftover dinner is my easy cheater turkey pot pie
0: no I like cheater meals because (laughs) (laughs) I tell people nine times I send especially if I bake something it's not going to be from scratch except maybe chocolate chip cookies um just because I don't have the time so (laughs) I like cheater meals I don't know if you have some of those things on your site as to kind of um What is it called? Not from scratch meals uh, that moms can kind of incorporate into their weekly planning.
1: You know, I'm great with semi-homemade. I've got a um, a chicken Caesar wrap up on my website Mm. that uses a rotisserie chicken and a bag of Caesar salad mix from the grocery store, the Caesar salad mix has the Parmesan. It has the dressing. It has the lettuce. You put that with some rotisserie chicken in a tortilla or a, um, or a wrap. And you've got a chicken Caesar wrap in like two minutes. I, I also have a recipe. Oh my gosh. It's a lemon ramen chicken stir fry. And it uses Mm. ramen noodles and chicken and a bag of frozen broccoli. And Um, And some lemon zest, super fast, super easy. My kids think they're eating ramen, which they think is just the best thing in the world. And and they're getting like the veggies on the side, you know, it's, you know, (laughs) they're getting the broccoli, they're getting the chicken. I, I am a food professional, right? I love to cook. I love cooking from scratch. The reality is that it's okay to use some shortcuts. I use shortcuts all the time. I buy the tater tots, I buy the puff pastry. I'm not above using a box of ramen noodles if I have to. Like it, the reality is feeding your family is enough Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be perfectly homemade to be good and nourishing. And to, again, feed your family and enjoy your time around the table. I would rather you, Buy a rotisserie ch- chicken and enjoy connecting with your children at the table than feeling like you're having to make the chicken from scratch. And then you're frantic and you're cranky and you and you feel like your kids don't appreciate it because they think that this chicken is so so and the one from mm-hmm. uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken tastes better. I mean, okay. our little kids have been raised to be food critics. They're they've 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 been raised in the food network era and they can be mean yeah. sometimes <laughs> and and. You know what? I would rather you do something semi homemade than have to deal with a kid being mean. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it's a box of chicken nuggets or a bag of chicken nuggets and you're sitting together at the table, I'm okay with that.
0: Right. No, I like that. And they are, they can look, even my little ones, um, they can be mean. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. We were just having this conversation with someone. I was having a conversation with someone yesterday, just how their team, And how just talking with them and I said, well, my six-year-old was like that. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yes, Uh (laughs) they they start early, but I I like what you were saying. It's just, it's about having time with your kids. Um, And I think they enjoy that the most, regardless of what the meal tastes like, you know, hey, it is what it is, but spending time with them, um, having conversations with them, asking them how their day was. Um, talking about what's happening next day, I think it's it's, it's very important. And we have to always remember that.
1: That's right. Our goal is to make sure that we all don't die of starvation, and to make sure that we're building meaningful connections with our family. Beyond that, the rest of it's just filling in the blanks. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, sometimes cereal for dinner counts too. Mm -hmm. And, 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 a lot of food professionals would disagree with me, but I believe that connection is more important.
0: I, I definitely agree. And um, I'm laughing because you said cereal for dinner is important because my daughter, who um, my mother-in-law took them yesterday and brought them. And we asked, so did you eat? And they were like, no, we didn't eat. Okay. So, so my daughter's like, I just want cereal for dinner um and which is special k of all things my cereal that's what she wants but i was like you know what okay and my husband's like what are you eating she's like i'm eating mommy cereal and that's what she had obviously they had dinner before they came home but they wanted some and then that was fine and i was okay with that i at that point i said you know what what do you want what do you want what do you want I fixed them individually what they wanted. out. again, it wasn't a home-cooked meal. It's someone wanted cereal. Someone wanted, wanted the chicken that I actually did make. <laughs> and someone, another one actually didn't want anything because he was full for mother. He just wanted to sit. So it's okay. You know, they didn't starve. As you said, they ate, they were happy. And all is well in the world.
1: <laughs> and you had a moment of connection with
0: them. Yes, yes.
1: And that's good too. And that's good
0: too. Awesome. Well, this has been an awesome conversation, Marie. But before we go, two last questions. What are some last tips that you want to give some of the ladies that are listening that are juggling the day to day activities of being mom, wife, what have you? What are some things that, what are some last minute tips you want to give to them as they're thinking about the meal planning?
1: Okay. First thing is, is download my free weekly meal planning sheet at feedyourfamilytonight.com slash plan. It will walk you through how to do your schedule, set the dinner bell. The whole system is there for you to, to download and follow. And here's the thing is, if you do it one week and you don't do it the next week, you haven't failed. Just pick it up and do it again. But the weeks that you do it, and this is so important is it will give you so much brain space because Mm -hmm. you do not know how much of your brain is twirling on. I have to fix dinner at five o'clock at night. I don't want to fix dinner. What am I going to fix for dinner? And when you have it all written down and you put it on the refrigerator, if your kids can read, then they don't ask you what's for dinner. You send them to the refrigerator, to find it it lifts a giant weight off your shoulders. And the more you get into the habit of doing it, the easier it will become. The second thing is, is that I want you to know that feeding your family is enough and you are enough. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be Pinterest perfect. And it doesn't even always have to be nutritionally balanced. And, you know, someone might slap my hand for saying that, but I'm telling you that in the long term, connecting with your family, having a relationship with your children and getting them fed is way more important. So know that you're doing a good job and don't beat yourself down if it's not Pinterest perfect in your home. And if you want more tips, just follow me. I'm at Feed Your Family Tonight. You can find me on the website, on uh, Facebook and on Instagram. Ask me questions. I love connecting with you and I love helping you because I really do want you to have a stronger family and have dinner easier.
0: Thank you. Well, that was gonna be my last question to tell us how can we follow you? So um, you just said your website and we'll have it in the show notes as well. So you can follow Marie. Um, I'm already following you on Instagram and looking at at your meals um, for the week. So um, she does that as well. She puts the, the meals that she's having for the week. So great tips.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Mila. This was really fun.
0: Yes, yes, thank you. And then ladies, thank you for joining us for this episode of Mommy Surviving, and Thriving. Please uh, like, follow, and subscribe. And until next time, just remember you are enough. Give yourself grace. Thank you, ladies. Thanks for joining us this week on Mommy Surviving, and Thriving. Stay connected by liking, following, and subscribing. We're accepting topic requests and questions by email. Info at mstpodcast.com. While you bounce it all, remember there's only one of you. Stay positive and give yourself grace. We're here to support you in community on your journey to becoming happy, healthy, wealthy, and thriving. See you next week.